Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you all for taking time to come to church. I know God's going to bless you. I am looking in the book of Matthew chapter 18. They'll put it up on the screen and Again, so good to see each and every one of you. Visitors, we're glad you came. Make this your home. Seriously, make this your home. We were glad to have you every service. Stuff going on regularly. That calendar is just just a touch of all the stuff going on, and we want you to be right in the middle of it. Praise the Lord. In Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21, we're going to read this. It's on the screen if you'd like to look. And it says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. I love it when he gives you in your face deal with this, but then he turns around and he gives you an example, gives you a a parable, a story, a situation you can look at and you go, "Hmm, okay, now I can start to understand this, this blatant truth right in front of me. He says, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had yet not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. Whoa. And his wife. Whoa. And his children. Some of us go, amen. No. And all that he had in payment to be made. So what it goes, verse 26, and the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And 27, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. Brother Carl, he was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. With the help of the Lord, just teach, preach for a short time. Loose him and let him go. Will you pray with me? You set your Bibles down or if you lift your hands, I appreciate it. God of heaven, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, that there is an opportunity we can gather together in your name and lift you up, God, and give you glory. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you. Someone say amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So he uses this, a certain man. Matthew 21, 28, he says, there was a certain man that had two sons. He says to him, go to work, the first one. And the first one says, I will not. Verse 29, did you have that? 29, the son says, I will not. But I like what it says. He said, but afterward repented and went. The other one, verse 30, he says, I will. And he went not. He said, a certain man. 
beginning to use this. There was a certain man in Luke chapter 10, verse 30, we know this, that comes out. There was actually more than one certain man in this. He began to preach to those Pharisees, and he began to talk to them. And he said, there was a certain man that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. <laughs> and we know that he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, having left him half dead. Wow. But then there was a certain priest. See what he's doing? He's trying to reach into people's lives. He was surrounded by individuals that fit somewhere in this. Hopefully they fit somewhere in this. A certain priest. And that priest is referred to as he passed by the other side. And then likewise, a Levite means a certain Levite did the same thing, except instead of just passing by, Brother Josh, he went over and took a gander, a peek. He was a gawker, and then still went on the other side. But there was a certain Samaritan. We call him the good Samaritan, but he was a certain Samaritan. And this Samaritan, verse 33, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. You know the rest of the story. There was a certain rich man in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. It said, his ground brought forth plenty. I'm paraphrasing, you can read it. Verse 17 said, he has so much, he has nowhere to put it. Verse 18, he says, I'm going to pull down all my barns and I'm going to build new ones bigger, better for my stuff. Verse 19, he says, I have so much good laid up. I can take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And you know the rest of the story. There was a certain creditor in Luke chapter 7, verse 41. I'm going someplace, I promise you. He had two debtors. One owed him 500, and the other owed him 50. In verse 42... When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? And verse 43 says, him who he forgave the most. This leads us to our text in Matthew chapter 18. There was a certain king, and he's going to take account of his servants in the CEB, I gave that to you. Listen how he, he says this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Wow. <laughs> we can relate to that. That's a lot of money. Sometimes we get offended over someone didn't oh didn't pay us back a coffee. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but he says, because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold. We read that in the King James. But he says, along with his wife and children, everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment towards that 10,000 bags of gold. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and he said, please be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. I like this. 
the master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave the loan. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Forgiveness? Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness moves mountains. Forgiveness sets people free. If you've ever been underneath a debt load, which I know this whole room has felt that before, you just go, I am never, how can I pay this? I don't know. I'm at wit's end. You want to pull out your hair, Brother Corey? And it's just forgiveness in and of itself is powerful. It unlocks potential of both the forgiver and the forgiven. I like some of these verses. Psalm 32, 1 said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I'll never forget when Pastor Holt sat down at our kitchen table and began to tell us that you can have another chance in life. Everything that you have done up to this point can be washed away. Everything you have done in public and in secret. You can repent and we can baptize you in Jesus' name with water totally submerged. And that previous life up to that point can be erased. Come on now, we're talking about forgiveness. And I know there's always people in a crowd this big that someone says, well, I really didn't do anything that bad. The scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, I was raised in church. I was a good person. I never murdered. I never lied. I never cheated. Somewhere in your life, I promise you, under a microscope, is something that is sinful. Something that you thought. Something you did. Some motive. And we need the forgiveness of God. To forgive is to grant relief from. Payment of or to forget or forgive a debt. I love the way we look at we look at the Lord when He forgives. People go, Yeah, but what about that after that experience? What He forgives, He forgets. Now, we are a little different than that. We have a tendency to hang on to that stuff. I forget my anniversary and my wife's birthday and this and that. But I have no problem remembering the things that haunted me as I was growing up, things I did. The devil constantly reminds me of things. Yeah, you did this. You did that. But it's under the blood. It's been forgiven. And what's been forgiven has been forgotten, Sister Elaine. So to forgive is to cease to feel resentment against. To pardon it is to give up resentment or the claim of to requital. And requital means to compensate or retaliate. Means get even. Thank the Lord he does not do that to us. He just forgives us. He doesn't hold a grudge. 
He doesn't put it up there and, and write that on the front uh, chalkboard when you come into class every day. It's up there for everybody to see. And, and no, 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 no. He comes in there and he wipes that thing clean and clear. Forgiveness is so powerful. Jeremiah 31, 34 says that I will forgive their iniquity. Talking about the Lord. And I will remember their sin no more. Man. Thank you, Lord. It's more than a limited or an appeasement. In the Old Testament, it was an appeasement. Every year they took that sacrifice and they did that. Sister Herring and they would... They would take that lamb and had to be without spot, without blemish, and they would sacrifice that, and the priest would put the blood, and they would put it upon that altar. And that was the beginning of the process where then the priest took that blood and then sprinkled it in the holiest of holies on what they called the mercy seat. And then the priest came out, and that was, if he came out, that was the appeasement. God was satisfied for one more year. But that's not what forgiveness is today. It is not, forgiveness today does not have a time frame that says, hey, by Thursday next week, this is all gone. It's not limited. The sacrifice was made. The lamb was slain. Revelations 13, 8 says the lamb was slain from the very foundation of the world. That sacrifice I'm talking about was the Lord Jesus Christ. He himself robed himself, God manifest in flesh. God robed himself in flesh, became the sacrifice for our sins so we could be forgiven. He looked at them after they had smote him. They plucked his beard. They hit him on the head with reeds after they had placed this crown of thorns with heart into his flesh, his scalp. They smote him on the head. They slapped him and they spit upon him. He was scourged all the time. The crowd was riled up. And they said, he said, what shall we do with him? And they yelled out, crucify him. What I'm trying to tell you is all that he experienced when it was all close to being finished, he was able to look out there and say, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Romans 4 says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Thank you, Jesus. 86.5 of Psalms said, The Lord is good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy and to all them that call upon him. Worthy. Jesus, like in our text, links our forgiveness to our willingness to forgive others. Luke 6 37. I get that one to you. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Down there at the bottom of that verse. <laughs> Matthew 6. Talking about the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is surrounded by the multitudes of people. Anyone who would come, he began to teach them. 
It's referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, that he found this place, Brother Johnny, that he could just just sit and people could gather around and without a microphone and without that he was able to teach and everyone was settled and listening because when the master spoke it was like the old days there was a commercial I'm really dating myself when E.F. Tutton E.F. Hutton talks what they say Brother David people listen when Jesus opened up his mouth and began to teach people were listening he began to teach He's beginning to show that there's a, there's a link between your forgiveness, my forgiveness, and our willing to forgive those that have wronged us. He said in the Lord's Prayer, the Sermon on the Mount, Luke actually tells us in 11.2 of Luke, he said that when ye pray, that's what he's talking about. In verse 3, he talks about how it's daily. So I begin to put two and two together when he's talking about when you pray, which should be daily, right? He didn't say weekly, monthly, every anniversary of when you came into church the first time. He said daily. And Brother Christopher, he said, when you pray, part of that about daily and the bread and things like that, he says, pray for forgiveness. After this manner, pray. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 6 says, forgive us our debts. This should be our prayer. This model prayer of Matthew chapter 6 is saying to you and I, not that you would repeat it verbatim, but you begin to look at this as this is a way to approach Jesus. This is a way to set up prayer, communication. Don't forget to ask for this. Don't forget to do that. Don't forget to just go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that much speaking, blah, 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 blah. But he begins to spell it out. And he said, forgive us our debts. Meaning, make sure things that you have, I have done wrong, Brother Anthony, I take care of and do them daily. Man, not enough in itself. Brother DJ, enough. That is enough in itself to say, I got some things to pray about. As we forgive our debtors. So not only am I looking for forgiveness from God for the things that I have, my attitudes and and things I've said and done, whether intentional or unintentional. And then do the same for those that have wronged you. That thing that was said as someone was passing by and you thought, that was really kind of rude. Anybody ever got in a haze where you just kind of on a, I'm on a mission. And people are like this. And you just, you don't even, you're, you're tuned into what you're doing, Brother Justin. It's what, like I'm, I'm focused. I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm on a journey. And I get where I just don't think things as I say them. I know none of you had that problem saying things that might be offensive. <laughs> no. Might be short. Might be curt. <laughs> Without any thought. I just say it. No, that dress doesn't look your butt look fat. <laughs> Excuse me. Your, your rear look fat. 
I'm not going there. I've said things and I do things. I, I need I, I need to make sure I take care of me. And then then there are things that have been towards me said and, and attitudes that I, I have to get those clear. I gotta get those clean. On my journey as I wander on my way to the promised land, I want you to know I have failed. I have messed up. And I have made mistakes. I have. Some little and some large. And I understand that repentance is the turning away from those things and and trying not to go do that again. It's not just about feeling sorry I did this, but it's about feeling sorry I did it, but sorry enough that I say to myself, what am I going to do so I don't do that again? I'm going to try to deal with this flesh. So... Repentance is necessary, turning away from that. It's necessary forgiveness. I like Acts 3.19. You guys know I quote that a lot, that there is a refreshing that comes by repentance. Forgiveness brings refreshing. That's what it does. It is, I, I need, it's like cool water on a hot day. Come on, it's like shade when you get near in the middle of the desert. That refreshing just says, you know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this thing. God is with me. (laughs) Yet also along my journey, there are others on a journey. And they also have to deal with their wanderings and their attitude and their problems and their situation. Their kids that may be in the middle of doing things that are not really favorable and their spouse which they might be arguing with and their boss that might be a little bit you know uh, harsh on them right now and fellow workers anybody had a fellow worker that was kind of a real real thorn in your side come on or a death in your family or sickness in your family those things are affecting people all around you, and those people around you then begin sometimes to take it out on you. I gotta forgive them. I've gotta bury the hatchet and the handle. I can't let that bind me and hold me. I can't hold a grudge. I can't harbor resentment in my heart. I can't be looking somehow to retaliate or pay back for their actions towards me. I don't want them compensated for their work. You wouldn't want to be compensated for yours. I need to make sure I check my heart. It's so much easier, church, to see the fault in someone else. Actually, it's not. Because you look in the mirror every day, brush your teeth, comb your hair, whatever you do, hopefully, (laughs) you brush your teeth, comb your hair, but you see yourself, and a lot of times I see myself and and I just want to not deal with that, but man, oh man, Brother Colin, you should deal with what you got going on right now. You offended me, and I am going to hold on to that, and I'm not going to let you. No. So I need sometimes to check my heart because I'm more willing to deal with someone else's. See, I'm not dealing with your issues. I'm just putting it back on you. 
when I need to deal with mine. It's easier to blame your spouse, husband, for your problems. It's easier to blame your wife, your husband, your kids, or whatever. Sometimes we just need to check. I need to check my heart and my motives. And I like, here's a couple scriptures if you're writing notes. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, To examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Take a look. What's going on inside? Not just look at the outside and go, oh, everything's good. But look inside. 1 Corinthians 11:28 says, Let a man examine himself. Psalm 26.2 says, examine me. Now, not only am I examining myself, now I'm asking the Lord, examine me, Lord. Ooh. Guess what will happen? Brother Nathaniel, you know what will happen? He'll begin to reveal. If you want to know, examine me, Lord. Would you look at me, Lord? Would you show me, reveal to me my life, my error? I, I'm listening. I want to be better. I want to do better. I don't want to hold a grudge. And so examine me with the help of the Lord. Oh, Lord, and prove me and try my reins and my heart. Not just the outside, but look on the inside, Lord, and show me if I've got something. To, show me if I'm, I'm carrying something. That's when we're talking about things that might be deep-seated. That's when we're talking about things that, that really we've done a good job at keeping that from anybody else, we think. Psalm 139.23, search me, O God, and know my heart. <laughs> Try me and know my thoughts, my intents, my motives. So here's Peter. In our opening text, he says, I know I need to forgive my brother. That's, that's really, can I just paraphrase it like that? Is that all right? I'm not reading into it. I know forgiveness is necessary to my brother. But then he begins to twist that to the point to where he says, but when is enough enough? <laughs> just being real. When's enough enough? Seven times? The Lord says 70 times seven. And then begins to reveal to him something going on. Mark, I like the way that Mark does chapter 11. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm almost done. Mark 11. We know this. We love to hear this verse. Have faith in God. I love that. Look at how faith is now tied into this. He says, have faith in God. I'm getting to that, loose him and let him go, all right? Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's powerful. Anybody want powerful prayer? Anybody want to move mountains? 
I'm, I'm not saying, hey, let's move Pioneer Peak over here next to Matanuska Peak. I don't like it right there. We're talking about situations in our life. We're talking about things that you and I come up against, things that are hindrances and bothering. He said, you can move mountains if you have faith in God. But he doesn't stop there. 25, he says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things do you desire when you pray, that your Father, which also in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now 26. I messed that last one. I apologize. 26. All right, 25. Again, when you stand praying, forgive. So it said, if you have faith and you want to move mountains, to move those mountains with faith, you got to forgive. If I want my prayers to be effective, effective, more than just some little lollipop now and then, a little sprinkle on a donut, because God hears everything. We've been showing verses of prayer on the, on the wall for months. And so they talk about, you know, he hears our prayer. He's attending unto it. He hearkens unto it. And so when you pray, he hears things. But what moves mountains is faith and forgiveness. If you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. I got to forgive, and then I am forgiven. He said, <laughs> in our text, back to Matthew chapter 18. Verse 27, the Lord of that servant, this is the parable Jesus is talking about, he said, was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. It is so similar to Justin. When I read John chapter 11, we know that Lazarus is there and he died and Jesus shows up and there's people mourning and crying. And when he shows up, Brother Stacy, he says, he says to them, he, I'm just shortening it. He said, this is, there's going to be glory. There's going to be something good out of this. But he says to those that are around him, he says, you've got to remove the stone. What for? I mean, you're Jesus. You walked on the water. He says, you've got to get involved in this. He says, you've got to move the stone. So nevertheless, they move the stone out of the way. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth, but he's bound head to toe with grave clothes. He has just been raised from the dead. They said in the, in the story that it's four days, and obviously he must stink. But he is now alive, and he is comes out of the tomb area, but here he is with a napkin bound across his face and wrappings around his body so that he cannot move. And he says to them, you need to, talking to the people, now you get involved again. I raised him from the dead, but what you need to do is you need to loose him. Loose him of those binds and those chains and anything that identifies him with death. 
There was no way that Lazarus would be effective until he was loosed. We wonder sometimes, why am I not being used in the kingdom? Why does my relationship with God seem stagnant? Why am I not growing? Why are things... Why, why, why are things just in a holding pattern? Because we have things in our life we need to forgive. People we need to forgive. Situations that came against us. I can't worship. I can't be part of go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every preacher. I've been raised from the dead, but my mouth is bound. I can't get active. I can't do anything in the kingdom of God until I've been loosed and let go. I hope this is beginning to make sense. There are things that bind us. Little things even. Just that harboring that grudge, holding onto that resentment. And some are saying, you don't know what I've gone through. No, maybe I don't. But I know this. You still got to repent. You got to forgive. Someone has wronged you. And there are people in the sound of my voice. I know you have been seriously harmed. You have been seriously uh, hurt. But you need to be loosed. And that loosing comes when you begin to forgive. When you begin to lay things aside. and You don't hold that resentment. You don't hold that grudge. I'm, I just want to talk to husbands and wives. Come on, you cannot harbor that. You can't keep that. Your marriage will never make it. I promise you, if you're keeping score and you're adding up, you got a little tally sheet over here or over there, how many times he did this or how many times she did that, your relationship is just never going to make it. You're bound. You're wrapped up. You'll never be fruitful. You'll never grow. You'll never be part of revival. And you may not make it to heaven. Forgiveness is, has the potential of releasing incredible power. Forgiveness. Forgive your parent or your parents. Forgive that individual that's done this or done that. You got to get over it. You got to let it. You got to just lay it down. Stand with me this morning, please. loosed and let go I want my relationship with God to be un, unfettered I don't want to be I don't want to be bound I don't want to be in, you know inhibited I want to be the opposite of that I want to be uninhibited I want my worship to be from my heart because things have been dealt with I've been loosed and so now I can worship, Sister Val. Now I can praise. Now I can love. Because I've forgiven. Peter said, how long? And Jesus talks about this, this man who's got some servants. And that man, when he found out he owed something, he couldn't pay it said that he had compassion on them and he forgave that debt 
Come on, church. Jesus has looked at you and he's looked at me. And he says, I I forgive you. I forgive you. Yeah, but you don't know. No. Jesus wants to loose you and let you go. Anybody want to pray this morning? Anybody want to seek God? I love you, Jesus. Examine me, Lord.